Welcome to Cinema Wellman. I am your host, David, or maybe I should say welcome back. I'm sorry I missed you last week. For the first time ever, we had to we had to cancel a show because I got sick. I had the flu. I couldn't talk. I was having fever dreams. It was no no one should have seen that. So I spared you. And I'm only sharing this because if I cough or sneeze or sniffle or whatever, it's this hanging on like grim death. And I haven't learned how to edit really. <laughs> so here we go. It's the end of August. It means two things. The, the summer is coming to a close and it's time to recap the best and worst of the film screen here at Cinema Wellman during the month of August. Um, for the past three decades, I've hated this part of the year since it meant that my summertime off as a teacher uh, was over and I had to go back to school. Now that I'm working, but not teaching, I don't care about that at all. Bring on school. Go back to school, everyone. It's not a big deal. Stop complaining. All right, now that that's over, let's begin where we usually do, and that's at the bottom of the barrel. From 2017, The Snowman. If you're a regular here, you've heard me say that uh, one of the marks of a good film is, if I'm still thinking about it, days after screening it. And if you're a regular here, you've also heard me say that sometimes I forget a film the day after I see it. Some movies make no mark. There's nothing to take away as a positive, and that movie is forgotten almost immediately. The Snowman is one of the latter. There is one thing I'll remember about The Snowman, and that's the fact that this is the movie that finally forced me to start taking notes during my screenings, just in case the movie makes the end of the month list. All I can recall about this movie is how much I hated it. Here's how IMDb described this forgettable mess. Quote, Detective Harry Hole investigates the disappearance of a woman whose scarf is found wrapped around an ominous-looking snowman. The protagonist's name is Harry Hole? Seriously? Is that just a translation error from Swedish to English? Is that a joke? Um, this so-called horror film features snowmen who are less frightening than the snowmen that Calvin used to build in the comic strip Calvin and Hobbes. Next, from 2023... We have Hidden Strike. Would you like to see a CGI semi-truck do a somersault in the air? If you do, watch the trailer for Hidden Strike. The trailer, not the movie. If you just watch the trailer, you'll save yourself about 100 minutes of misery. I've said this before, I'll say it again, I like Jackie Chan. I have no issue with John Cena. What I have no time for are garbage action comedy movies isn't that redundant? That are long on explosions and CGI and very short on anything close to resembling a script. I was shocked at how boring a movie could be that featured so much action. I guess one man's action and is another man's, oh God, this movie's a piece of crap. Now, on to the very worst movie we screened here at Cinema Wellman during the month of August. And it's a shocker. It's not a shock that we watched it or that it's being spoken about during this episode, the shock is that it's on this side of the list and not the other side of the list. I can't believe I'm saying this, but the worst movie we screened here at Cinema Wellman during the month of August was, from 2023, John Wick, Chapter 4. I, I don't quite believe it either, but this was straight-up terrible. I'm a huge fan of the first installment of the series. I tolerated the second for the most part. The third was unnecessary, which makes this fourth chapter even more annoying. 
The original John Wick was like catching lightning in a bottle. Nobody saw it coming, and everyone was stunned by the quality of the choreographed fight scenes and the over, overall stylized look of the entire movie. It was, it was close to perfect. You can't match perfection. And don't bring up Godfather Part 2. We're not having that conversation right now. But you do try to capitalize on a surprise moneymaker, so there was a sequel. A sequel in which they should have killed our hero at the end. John Wick is not a superhero. He's a human being. So don't give him the qualities of a superhero. He can be a badass that kicks ass and kills almost everyone he comes into contact with. But he cannot fall off the roof of a five-story building, hit every fire escape on the way down, and live. He can not. Another reason this chapter steamed my clams so much is that it's so damn long. Do you know how long 169 minutes is in hours? Do that math. The answer is way too many. This was a 169-minute movie that actually seemed longer than 169 minutes. And the level of cartoon violence in this one is preposterous. Now, my friend would, Andrew would interrupt me and, and bring up the story about Kong versus Godzilla that I, I, I actually spoke up halfway through the movie with they're using helicopters to transport that ape. And he looked at me and he said, that's the first thing you're having a problem with? So apologies to that. The entire thing is preposterous from start to finish. Um, but some of this cartoon violence is Tom and Jerry stuff. I was expecting John Wick to hit someone in the face with a frying pan and have that person's face take the form of said frying pan. It's that bad. There's a scene in which John Wick falls down about 30 or more stone steps multiple times. I was actually stunned by how stupid this movie got. I watched this with Andrew, and we kept asking each other, this is horseshit, right? It's, it's not just me, because sometimes you feel like it's you when you're watching something with, with someone else or a group of people, and you're like, this is supposed to be good, and this is terrible. And So it just wasn't me. How this rates a 7.8 on IMDb is way beyond me. That's embarrassing. That's what crowdsourcing gets you. I just did a Google search and found a list of every movie that has a 7.8 on IMDb. And there are some really great movies on that list. Do the Right Thing, The Verdict, Cabaret, Misery, Airplane, The Magnificent Seven, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and Goldfinger have the same rating as this cartoon. I can't recall a bigger recent disappointment in a movie. And I just read today that John Wick number five is a go. We are doomed. AI or not. Well, enough of the junk. Let's take a look at some of the good stuff from August. And we are going to be getting into the Wayback Machine to start off. And what I've done here, I've done this before and it's kind of cheating, but there are five movies five movies by George Melies that I want to talk about. So I realize, again, this is kind of cheating, but Hannah always tells me that I can do whatever I want here in Cinema Wellman, so I'm doing that and, and grouping these five, fil five films together. In this case, these films are all shorts, and the five of them add up to only a total of 38 minutes. One of them, An Impossible Voyage, is 24 minutes by itself, so the others are very short. So these films are Four Troublesome Heads from 1898, The Hilarious Posters from 1906, The Infernal Cauldron from 1903, Whimsical Illusions from 1909, and An Impossible Voyage from 1904. These films are all from the brilliant French film pioneer George Méliès. 
If you want to see what film looked like at its birth, watch anything made by Méliès or the Lumière brothers. It's all pretty raw, but when these films were made, think about it. I mean, the 1800s, the early 1900s, all these shorts are whimsical, magical fun. Yes, you can do most of these film tricks yourself on your iPhone, but Méliès did it at the turn of the 20th century without an iPhone. Special thanks to HBO or HBO Max or Max or whatever it's calling itself these days. All of these are available to screen right now if you have that subscription, making this magic available to everyone for the time being. Seek that out if you have that subscription. Next, from 2023, we have Evil Dead Rise. IMDb to start. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh-possessing demons thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. The tagline on the poster reads, Mommy loves you to death. (laughs) Yikes. If you haven't seen Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2, make sure you do, but you don't really have to see those two films to watch and enjoy Evil Dead Rise. I've been watching a ton of horror movies lately, and most have been duds. This movie caught me by surprise, and I was pretty freaked out by some of it. I I hate the whole children in peril in movies, and in real life for that matter. Uh, And when you add the demon slash monster possession, which changes the child's voice, I, I was just hiding in the closet for those parts. This was great fun. It was a decent scare. And they used 1,720 gallons of fake blood to make it. Bring a poncho. Next. From 2023, we have Unemployees. I was going to mention that this movie also took me by surprise, but I looked at the remainder of the list and they were all pleasant surprises this month. This darkly hysterical short comedy stars Candy Capel and Danny Parker as Patty and Patty, two besties who are entering the workforce together. The way they look at employment is funny, but it's also a little terrifying. If you're a member of one of the older generations, you know who you are, that has no faith in these younger gens, and you know who they are, uh, this may seem like more of a horror movie to you. I'm not one of those people. I have faith in in all the young people. Uh, These two young women have wonderful chemistry on screen together, and they are totally believable as BFFs. Uh, This short film is only 26 minutes long. And I'm not spoiling it at all, since if you do watch it, you'll wonder how the hell you got there. But I'm going to tell you that the film ends with a severed hand holding a flower on a stump. Amazing. Next, from 2023, they cloned Tyrone. Netflix takes a lot of heat for some of the movies they produce, and I get it. Some of them are awful trash. But... Some of them are also very much worth seeing. This comedy-slash-mystery-slash-sci-fi film is about, according to IMDb, a series of eerie events that thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Remember that conspiracy theory back in the 80s that the CIA was flooding poor urban areas with crack cocaine? That conspiracy theory was actually true. And hearing former government officials talk about it is scarier than some of the horror movies I've seen lately. Uh, That's one of the things that makes this film edgy. Is the conspiracy in this, is is it impossible? Yes. I mean, it, it has to be. 
yet. And there you go. Kiefer Sutherland plays a corrupt government official named Nixon, and he chews the scenery so much it had me fondly remembering everything that was 24 back in the day. The trio attempting to uncover the conspiracy are played by Toyona Paris, John Boyega, and Jamie Foxx. They're excellent, especially when all three share the screen. When the film reveals how this particular conspiracy is set in motion, it's a doozy. It was very different, creative, politically charged, and it was great fun. Next, from 2023. Wow, a lot of 2023 this month. Happiness for Beginners. If you're standing up right now, and I don't know why you would be, but if you're standing up, you may want to look for a place to sit. I'll let IMDb begin. Here's IMDb. Helen signs up for a wilderness survival course a year after getting divorced. She discovers through this experience that sometimes you have to get really lost in order to find yourself. Seems harmless, yes? Wondering why I asked you to sit down? It's the genre. Happiness for Beginners is listed as a comedy slash drama slash romance. It's a damn rom-com. And I actually liked it. Not since Catch and Release in 2006 have I actually watched, without hating, a romantic comedy. And I'd watch this again. I, I said it. I, I, it's sweet. Helen, played by Ellie Kemper, is the, she's a protagonist worth rooting for. And the other campers on this excursion are excellent. Some of the characters are shallow at the start, but there is an attempt, at least, at some development along the way. I found the young man running the program to be both annoying and funny, which is a fine line to teeter upon. He isn't as one-dimensional as he appears at the start, which was refreshing. The ending is telegraphed way too early and will not surprise anyone, but that's every rom-com I've ever suffered through. Now that I've enjoyed happiness for beginners, I can continue to despise the rom-com for another decade or so. That feels about right. We have one film remaining. So that means it must be the best film screened here at Cinema Wellman during the month of August. And it is, from 1993, Fear of a Black Hat. In 1984, I saw a movie that changed a lot of things for me cinematically. (laughs) Whatever that means. This is Spinal Tap. Remains one of my favorite all-time films for a variety of reasons. The originality, the creativity, the music, the improvisation, it's all just wonderful. I've been a metalhead since seventh grade, and when I first saw Spinal Tap, I recognized so many of my favorite bands in that fictional group. And believe me, those bands saw themselves in Tap as well. Nine years later, director Rusty Cundiff tapped into the world of rap and hip-hop for another mockumentary, Fear of a Black Hat. This is from IMDb, a mockumentary chronicling the rise and fall of NWH, a not particularly talented or particularly bright, but always always controversial hip-hop group. Tone deaf, ice cold, and tasty taste comprise NWH, where the attitude has been replaced by, believe it or not, hats. I was going to wonder aloud how I could have missed this, but I already know that answer, and I'm not the demographic. 
And you may have heard me mention this previously, that demographics be damned. I wasn't the target audience for this, and it was phenomenal. Fear of a Black Hat is worth watching for many of the same reasons that make This Is Spinal Tap worth watching. I read that they almost shot a scene where NWH was lost backstage at a show, and they wandered across the skeletal remains still in their costumes of Spinal Tap. That would have been so sweet. (laughs) Uh, It also has so much going on with so many bits being fired at you that you're going to want to rewind it and and watch entire scenes again. And the music is also tremendous, as it was in Spinal Tap. So embrace the black hat and hell with the demographics and the hell with the patriarchy while we're at it. Well, that's a wrap for the month of August and the summer. Join us again next week when we revisit the world of cult movies. We did that earlier last season, I think it was. And I promised you a cult movies too. And that's what you will you shall get. 15 more cult movies for you to add to that list that I think you started. Or you should have started. We hope you're going to join us for that. And until then, take care.